of the JP Hoops Podcast. We're recording February 2nd on a Tuesday here in 2021. Happy Black History Month. Obviously a very important month to the NBA and it deserves to be celebrated. And we have a lot of good stuff to get to. I will unveil the latest edition. It's Pura Power Rankings 3.0 coming up at the start of the podcast. We'll also get into the hypothetical All-Star Weekend that may be happening in March that's being discussed between the league and the Players Association. We'll get into some of this Bradley Beal talk just because of how awesome he's been and what he's said today, the rumors surrounding it. We also have a couple of Opes of the Week to talk about as we now have two episodes a week. We have the one today here on Tuesday, and then Friday we will have another episode as well. Talk about more specific games now that we are doing twice a week instead of just the general storylines of the league because with football out, you want to know more about these games as we start to approach All-Star Weekend and eventually playoff time. So gear up as we're ready to take flight with this podcast. But first, if you haven't already, and if you follow me on Twitter at jpor 24 or follow the podcast account at jphoopspod, you probably realize that over the last week or so, I have not been posting my picks on Twitter for the NBA games. Well, that's because I've been using the Book It Sports app. Check out the Book It Sports app. It's basically Twitter that is primarily focused on games. You could post lines and your picks to your game feed and share it with a community of sports bettors. Check out the Book It Sports app. Follow me at Jay Pora on the Book It Sports app to get my daily NBA picks. And also give them a follow on Twitter at Book It HQ. But let's start this off the right way. A lot has happened since the last Pora Power Rankings, which last came out on January 5th. We have a fresh slate. I'll talk about all 10 teams that are now in my top 10 individually, break it down a little bit, talk about some of the games that they've played, and then we'll get into the big storylines of the week. So let's remind everyone of what the previous poor power rankings were. We had the Lakers at the top spot, Clippers at two, Sixers at three, Nets at four, Celtics five, Phoenix Suns six, the Bucks were at seven, the Jazz at eight, the Blazers nine, and the Pacers at number 10. Since this has happened, we've had the James Harden trade. We've had a CJ McCollum injury. We've had the Jazz have a monster run and a lot more. So let's get into it and break down the new top 10. Staying put at number 10, it's still the Indiana Pacers. And look, they gave up Victor Oladipo, who, when I broke it down last time, he was their primary option along with DeMontis Sabonis. And now he's no longer there. They have Karis LeVert. They find out Karis LeVert has a kidney mass, and he had surgery to remove a cancerous part of the kidney. And now, thank God he's okay, but he is out indefinitely. No one knows if he's going to play basketball this year, later on in the year, but whatever it may be, this team still, minus 
Victor Oladipo is solid. They still have Malcolm Brogdon running things at the point guard position. Sabonis looks in position to potentially be an all-star this year. Miles Turner anchoring the paint and working all ends offensively. Yes, TJ Warren getting injured was a big blow to them, but let's say Karis LeVert were to come back this season, I still think that the Pacers have a very possible opportunity to make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. As it stands right now, they are still a top four team in the Eastern Conference. And that is worth noting because when you're dealing with the 76ers and the Bucks and the Nets, to be considered still at the top, it's very impressive. So I have the Pacers chilling at number 10. Moving down three spots, I have the Phoenix Sun. And looking at what happened the other night, Chris Paul goes off, has a terrific shooting night, 16 of 20, and then Devin Booker beating the Mavs with a legitimate buzzer-beating three-point shot. It was absurd, unbelievable that they were even in the position to win that game, and they were able to get it done. And I think when you have that veteran leadership in Chris Paul, that was what this Phoenix team was missing last year when they went on their super hot streak in the bubble. They could have used a guy like Chris Paul before that to kind of manage the team and get them in a position where an undefeated bubble run would have put them in the playoffs instead of the outside looking in. I have the Suns at nine. Moving down one spot, look, I had the Bucks as the number four team in the Eastern Conference in the original rankings back in January. Now in 3.0, I have them still the fourth team in the East. I have them at eight. And I did a whole podcast segment about it. Giannis Antetokounmpo, great player. MVP, sure. Couple of times, whatever. Definitely defensive player of the year caliber for a second straight year. However, when you need a bucket at the end of these games, you're not going to Giannis. They don't look at him. They trust the ball in Chris Middleton's hands, and they'll trust it in Drew Holiday's hands. They're not trusting it in Giannis's hands. And if he's the MVP of your team, that is an issue. And look, Chris Middleton's a good player, someone who's made a couple of all-star teams. He's not the 1B to Giannis's 1A or vice versa. They need somebody else in order to be a superstar along with Giannis, now especially with the firepower that the Nets have, the Celtics looking great, the Sixers have it. They really only got one guy. And a couple of B-level players, they need another A-level player if they want to do anything, especially in an Eastern Conference that just got a lot more interesting over the last month. I have the Bucks at 8. Right above them, number 7, Boston Celtics. And I've, you know, I've seen this story before with Boston. They've had the same core group of players now for the past four years, and they're just getting better. Jalen Brown's getting better. Jason Tatum's getting better. Marcus Smart injury does hurt them for the next couple of weeks. But thinking in the long term, now that all of these players under Brad Steven are starting to mature, they're winning the close games that they weren't winning last year. Remember, they probably should have been in the NBA Finals a year ago in the bubble. They were favored to beat the Miami Heat in that series. This is a team that swept the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round of the playoffs, then gritted out a W against the Raptors. 
and had a real chance to beat the Heat, even when they shouldn't have. They were down 3-1. But they couldn't win the close games. Jason Tatum gets blocked at the rim by Bam in Game 2. And down the stretch, they were starting to fall apart, crumble. Remember, Marcus Smart throwing stuff in the locker room at his teammates, yelling all around the place. This team is a lot more mature, and they're taking this regular season very seriously with one goal in mind, and that is to be an Eastern Conference title contender. I have them at number seven. Number six, I have the Denver Nuggets, and it's really only because of Nikola Jokic. He is easily top two candidate for MVP this season. He's nearly averaging a triple-double. He's one assist per game away from averaging a triple-double as a center, which is, you know, the only two players that have averaged triple-doubles in NBA history, both a couple of point guards, Oscar Robinson, Russell Westbrook. He is in a league of his own. He is his own type of player. I mean, it's just, when he scores, he had 47 points the other night. He does it effortlessly. You know, he doesn't move with much grace, but he's just so simple and it confuses these big-time centers that are trying to guard him. And he's just majestic with the ball. He has a great supporting cast around him. One of the best coach teams in the league under Mike Malone. And I think they have the depth to make some noise. Once again, in the Western Conference, Nuggets at six. This might throw a lot of people off. I have the Brooklyn Nets at five. And look, I know what it seemed like since they got James Harden. I have said it. They're the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. I'm not the only one to say that. That's what Vegas says as they are favored to win the Eastern Conference and they are the second favorite behind the Lakers to win the NBA title. I just don't see how you can make a deep, deep playoff run. And by deep, I mean make the finals and give yourself a chance to win it when you have the worst defense in the league. I mean, the other night, they go up against the Wizards, who have been abysmal at best. Very, very bad. Bradley Beal is just tugging them along every single game. He gave up 140-plus points to them. You have to have at least some defensive integrity if you want to win big games. And I'm not saying a regular season game at the end of January to the Washington Wizards is a big game, but they're letting everyone do this. Colin Sexton tore them apart. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the Hornets score on them. Everyone is scoring on them, not just the good teams in this league. So they really have to address the defense situation. They're going to have to... Somehow, some way, get a center to anchor the paint. DeAndre Jordan just isn't it. And you traded Jared Allen, who was really the perfect fit, but now he's in Cleveland. And maybe you pray to God for that Andre Drummond buyout, but I mean, with this defense, you're just not going to get past the upper echelon teams. But since James Harden has joined, they are the best offense in the league, and you have three superstars on that team. That's why they cracked the top five. Number four, the Utah Jazz. And they rose from eight to four, the biggest leap in the power rankings. And they've just been incredible. They've had one loss since January 6th. Remind you, we're recording this on February 2nd. So in 28 days, if my math is right, they have lost one game. And it was the last game they played a couple of nights ago on January 31st. and 
you know, Donovan Mitchell sits out a couple games. Oh, no problem. Sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson to the rescue. He has been phenomenal for this team. Quinn Snyder, one of the best coaches in the league. This team is going to fight. They have the depth around them. Rudy Gobert is that anchoring presence. Donovan Mitchell, he is a superstar, but he's only averaging 22 points per game, and he hasn't even reached his potential yet. This team is going to be very good. They're going to continue to be hot up until that all-star break, I would imagine. And I think you really have to worry about them as they are the second team in the Western Conference standings as it stands. The top team in the Western Conference standings falls at number three, the L.A. Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George finally looking like that dynamic duo that everyone in the league has been salivating for ever since free agency 2019. They look great. They're playing hard. Kawhi is playing every opportunity he can. And Paul George is on his redemption tour. Man, this Clippers team is stacked. Ty Lue is being tough on these guys. He's making sure that they win and close out these tough games because he knows better than most coaches in the league that when you get to championship time, you're going to need that experience. And he's coaching these guys hard, and they're playing hard for him. Clippers look really good at three. Number one team in the Eastern Conference moving up a spot, the Philadelphia 76ers. And look, we saw something big time in that game against the Lakers a couple weeks ago. Tobias Harris hits the game-winning shot. Uh, you know, they put the clamps on Anthony Davis, make sure he can't even stay on his feet to get a shot up. And Davis just played terribly down the stretch of that game. And I think that's because of the pressure Joel Embiid puts on him. And I think Doc Rivers knows what he's doing with this Sixers team. And before the season, I said it. We needed to see the Philadelphia 76ers finally complete the process. And the process looks pretty complete. You hope that we could see it over the long period of time. But now, officially, over a month into the season, they look like they're ready to compete for an NBA championship. But you do have to dethrone the king. And the kings of the NBA are, not the Sacramento Kings, the Los Angeles Lakers, one of their better rivals. And what more can you say? LeBron James still playing at an MVP level while his minutes are being managed to an extent. Anthony Davis, he's going to figure it out. I know he hasn't been playing his best basketball, but when he does play even a shred of that, he is a top two big man in the league. Nikola Jokic, maybe top three now that Embiid has you know emerged as an MVP candidate this season. I still don't see any team in the West giving the Lakers a ton of trouble. I think they're clearly the best team. They got better from a year ago, but as of right now, you can't take the crown away from the Kings unless you're able to knock them off. They only have, uh, what, six losses this season? It's ridiculous. And the Lakers, for a third straight month, are worthy of the number one ranking in the poor power rankings. So there's my top 10 in order from 1 to 10. The Lakers, the Sixers, the Clippers, the Jazz, then the beloved Brooklyn Nets, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Suns, the Pacers. Falling out of the top 10, the Blazers, CJ McCollum injury really took a toll on them. Obviously, the second best player on that team. And with the fractured foot, you know, I don't know what more you could hope. 
for. You, you just got to hope he comes back and uh, they'll get back to their top 10 ways. They were replaced by the Nuggets and then everything just kind of shook out from there. All right. So there are the poor power rankings. They're out. You could argue with me. Put it in the review for the podcast or you could tweet at me at jpoor24 at jphoopspod or at Book it Sports at jpoor. Check out the app. Now let's talk about just some stories around the league that have been going on. Let's start with Bradley Beal. And as proclaimed on Twitter, the JP Hoops podcast is an official free Bradley Beal stand account. He's just way too good to be on a team that is so pitiful and so bad that has no chance of winning many games. And look, I mean, (laughs) they beat the Brooklyn Nets the other night and that, Showed you, hey, Russell Westbrook, he could still ball, but not to an extent that would win games for the Wizards on a consistent basis. And everyone wants to talk about how Bradley Beal, just two years ago, he signed the big five-year extension. He did that. That was his choice. He, I'm assuming, thought he and John Wall were going to run the show. John Wall obviously gets shipped to Houston. Now they have Russell Westbrook, and the team around him just isn't very good. And what does he do? He's just averaging 35 points per game, five rebounds, four and a half assists. It's incredible what he's doing with such little around him. And the team just flat out can't win any basketball games. But now the story comes out that Bradley Beal is upset about how this situation is portrayed in the media and that he has never stated that he wants out of Washington, and he wants to stay there. And you know what? Good for him, because you do sign that big deal, you state your loyalty to a franchise, and you stand on it. But you can't let your career wither away for loyalty. If we've learned anything over the past decade of watching the NBA, is that loyalty is just a word in the dictionary. And you don't have to be loyal to the Wizards. There's no reason for that to happen. They just traded your boy in the backcourt in John Wall. They gave up on him. And what they do? They shipped him away. And now, you know, who knows what they do to you when you're at your lowest. And right now, you're at your highest. And you're the only thing that's really keeping this franchise relevant now. Because... You would be an MVP candidate if this team was even halfway competitive, which they're not. So you're just sitting, wasting one of the prime years of your career in Washington, doing not much. And you know what? The Wizards would get a haul for him. What do you think the, I don't know, Milwaukee Bucks would give for a Bradley Beal? What do you think the 76ers would give for a Bradley Beal? What do you think a team like the Denver Nuggets would give for Bradley Beal? Teams with young talent, teams with draft capital, teams that are actually trying to make championship competing rosters and get one of the top 10 players in the league. But no, you're choosing to stay complacent in Washington, collect your bag, and win a scoring title. And if that's what he wants to do, God bless him. It's something that no superstar in the league really does anymore. And that's stick with their franchise through whatever and just cross their fingers. And the definition of insanity 
is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, I just don't know how it gets better for the Washington Wizards. I mean, there are a couple of good young players. You have Denny Alvarez. You have Bradley Beal, who's only 27 years old. Russell Westbrook is, you know, on the end of his prime, probably out of his prime at this point in his career. Thomas Bryant, done for the year. Rui Hachimura, a good young player just hanging around. But at this point in time, there's nothing in Washington for you. And if you want to, you know, cement your legacy, if you're a legacy guy, which I feel like in the NBA it's more overstated than in any other league, you have to be willing to face the music at some point. Say, I can't win here. I need to go somewhere else. I need to go to a contender. The Wizards have come out and said they won't trade you to anywhere you don't want to go. So pick somewhere. Pick Milwaukee. Pick Philly. Pick Denver. And you will be competing for a championship and maybe get your name in the MVP conversation. I'm I'm saying it. If he's next to Giannis, who's the MVP of that team? Who's going to be taking the clutch shots? I'll tell you what, it won't be Chris Middleton again. And we know Giannis can't. Who takes the shots on the Sixers? Joel Embiid, post player, center guy, probably going to get the offensive rebound if someone misses. Ben Simmons can't shoot. We saw Tobias Harris hit a game winner against the Lakers. Why not have Bradley Beal, who's just much better? In Denver, Jamal Murray, eh, not so great of a year. Nikola Jokic, kind of like an Embiid where... Yeah, he has a jump shot, but he's not going to take a shot with a hand in his face to win the game. But if you could kick it out to a Bradley Beal, let Jokic make a play for him, get him open, does Bradley Beal miss that shot? No way. So I think he's got to, you know, just kind of nudge his way out of there. I understand you don't want to ruin any relationships in Washington. You've dedicated a lot to your franchise. They drafted you third overall back in 2012. That was nine years ago now. You're averaging 35 points per game, and quite frankly, the Wizards don't have a prayer at the playoff. So I I don't know what more you could ask for, Bradley. You could help out your team probably more than you are right now, and setting them up with a nice future, maybe a couple of decent players if you got your way out of there. But I digress. These got NBA superstars, man. They're going to do whatever they want. So if he's happy there and he wants to stay, God bless him. All right. So something I'm not sure if NBA players want this or not. I would assume no for the older players, maybe not the younger guys. Who really knows? But the discussions have really ramped up over the last week about whether or not an NBA All-Star game will be played. Thursday, it became uh, available for fans and coaches and players and everyone involved to vote on players for the NBA All-Star Game. The proposed idea now is that it will be played in Atlanta the weekend of March 6th, March 7th. And the proposal also has come out that the NBA PA and the league are talking about a potential dunk contest and three-point contest 
which for an NBA viewer should put a big smile on your face. Really, if you're just a fan of sports in general. I mean, did you... Anyone who's listening to this and not solely an NBA fan, also an NFL fan, you see what went on over the last week? Oh yeah, the Pro Bowl was supposed to be played on Sunday. We had NFL players on a live stream playing Madden in their homes. And we're having versus competitions where players are going back and forth with their best plays, best moments, best teammates, whatever. What is this? I understand that COVID has thrown a wrench in a lot of what we view as normal in this society. But we need to start to inch towards bringing it back. And look, these guys are on the NBA floor 72 times this year minimum. They're sweating all over each other. And look, if they're going to give each other COVID, it's just going to happen. I'm sorry. I know that it's a terrible thing. You don't want anything to spread. However, if you're putting yourself at risk by playing this game and traveling across the country, at that point, you're just saying you're ready for anything that the league is ready to throw at you. So yes, have the game. If you remember the probably best moment of 2020 for me was watching the All-Star game last year. It was a celebration of Kobe Bryant. It was tragically a little less than a month after he passed. They had the Elam ending to 24. Everyone wore the eight and uh, excuse me, the two and 24 jerseys. It was a beautiful thing to watch. And it made every NBA fan happy. And look, yes, it was in a packed arena. And we won't get that this year. But if you can put a product out for the NBA fans, something that hasn't even resembled anything that they've been watching over the past year, you're going to make a lot of fans happy. And I know I would be juiced to watch it. I think a lot of fans feel the same way. Just make something a little different to get all of our minds off of everything going on around us. Because quite frankly, things still kind of suck right now. But this is an opportunity for the league to really do something that will, you know, make the fans happy and it'll generate some TV revenue. I think it's got to get done. And I think it should get done over the next week. They already have the voting out. Uh, We could do uh, all-star debates when the results come out. I, you know, the all-star game to me, if you're a great player, you're an all-NBA player. Not an all-star. I mean, we saw guys make the all-star game. Nikola Vucevic, as good of a player as he is, he was an all-star last year. If he's ever in the top 20 conversation, like, come on. He's not. <laughs> not not in today's NBA. Not with the talent in the league right now. No disrespect, Nikola Vucevic, but uh, I'm just stating the fact right there. All right? So, let's let's just not criticize this idea because and just enjoy it if it does happen, something that we haven't even had a possibility of having a couple of months ago. That's how I'm going to see it. Half glass full, everybody, not half empty. All right, let's do Open the Week and close shop up for uh, the day, and then we will have another podcast coming to you on Friday. Open the Week 2 this week. 
let's start with what happened first, and that is Clay Thompson. And it was easily the funniest thing that has happened over the NBA season so far. And if you haven't seen it already, go check it out on Twitter. But after the Pistons-Warriors game, uh, Warriors win the game, and there was some chatter going around between Rodney Magruder of the Pistons and someone on the Warriors not exactly sure who it was directed towards. But Clay Thompson caught wind of it, and he was starting to chirp at Magruder as well. And during the Warriors broadcast, uh, you know, one of the analysts just goes, Hey, Clay, what are they talking about? It seemed like it was kind of a joke. But uh, he said it to Clay. Clay heard, picks up the mic and says, oh, yeah, this guy's just upset. He, he's not going to be in the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Just absolutely firing shots at Rodney Magruder. And for Clay Thompson, hanging around with the team, going to all these games, and then, you know, just being a menace to society for the team on the other sideline, it's just remarkable. Clay Thompson... Outside of anyone on the Miami Heat, as I am a Heat fan, again, I don't really talk about it that much. I could be way worse with my bias, but outside of any Miami Heat player, Klay Thompson is my favorite player in the league. He shares the same type of pet as me. He's an English Bulldog. Uh, I think he's one of the most underrated players in NBA history. He was part of the best team I've ever seen in my entire life, and he's a top five shooter of all time. And you know, past two years, just absolutely crushed by injury. I want to see him back on the court, but even when he's not on the court, might as well just laugh at what he's able to provide in the booth. And the other Opal of the Week, something that happened yesterday, Monday, February 1st, LeBron James just getting into it with a woman on the sideline at the baseline. And LeBron brought up a really good point. It's awesome that fans are back in the stands. LeBron James is a guy that gets booed and cursed at and screamed at by 28 different venues across the country 40-something times a year. You think that it's funny just to see that he got a little bothered by one woman sitting courtside. And yes, he started arguing with the husband first. They exchanged a couple words. He stared at him. Whatever. He's a professional athlete and... This fan who paid to be in the building is starting is trying to start something with them. And LeBron entertains it, gives him a story to tell. Then the woman goes and throws in her two cents. They get kicked out. The, the woman goes off on uh, Instagram in a video saying, Oh my God, LeBron said this, told me to sit down, blah, blah, blah. And look, I am very pro player. I think that the players have every right to say and do whatever they want on the floor as fans pay for admission into this what is in the end an entertaining event. You know, and now those two have a story that they could tell for the rest of their lives. Don't be butthurt about it. Just laugh it off and go on with your day, lady. It was really funny to see. And uh, it was it was funny because LeBron hasn't seen many fans over the past year. And one of them finally got a little under his skin, and it was it was funny. I loved seeing it. Big LeBron fan, too. Best of all time. Argument for another day. All right, schedule from now until Friday. Tuesday night, tonight, we have the Clippers, Nets on TNT, and after that, Celtics-Warriors, a couple of really, really good games. Expect a lot of points in that Clippers-Nets game. I don't 
I don't know how the Nets are really going to stop a parked car at this point, but they are going to score at least 130 points against any good defense, so it'll be entertaining to say the least. Wednesday, ESPN, Pacers, Bucks, Pacers, one of the sneakiest teams in the Eastern Conference right now going to Milwaukee in the poor power rankings. This is 10 versus 8 for me. A lot of people are upset with that. Whatever. Get over it. The Bucks. I don't see them doing much in the playoffs. Uh, and following that game, ESPN, Suns, Pelicans, the night slate. Another good game on Wednesday. Always fun when a West and an East team meet up, and it doesn't happen too many times in a year. Mavericks, Hawks, two guys who were traded for each other. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, two of the best young players in the league. That game, 7.30 Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, TNT doubleheader couple of Western Conference matchups. It's the Warriors at Dallas playing the Mavericks. And the night game is the Nuggets taking on the Lakers, two of the top teams in the Western Conference. And a couple of teams on the outside looking in in the West in the game before, Warriors-Mavericks. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Again, check out the Book It Sports app. This podcast is presented by Book It Sports. Check out the app for a sports gambling social media community where we share picks and sports takes and a whole lot more. Be sure to check it out. Follow me there at Jaypora. And until Friday, double dipper this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate y'all. And I'll talk to you Friday.